coronavirus has changed all of our lives. But how will it impact our future? Does this change everything? I'm Chris Knight. On this episode of Does This Change Everything? Public-Private Partnerships. How does the new coronavirus change the way governments work with the private sector to build or modernize schools, hospitals, roads, railways, airports, waste treatment? Public services and the businesses of all shapes and sizes that support them are under a lot of pressure to keep operating and get financial support. How do we help projects that are suffering or even stalled and give a boost to new ones? We'll find out from Julia Kennedy in the Advisory Services Department at the European Investment Bank. Julia is on the EPEC team of Advisory Services. EPEC stands for European PPP Expertise Center, and PPP stands for Public-Private Partnership. Julia, that's a lot of abbreviations. As I understand it, a public-private partnership is a way of delivering public services where instead of doing everything itself, the public sector uses the private sector's resources, skills, and expertise. Is that right? Yes, Chris, that's correct. A public-private partnership, or as you say, a PPP for short, is usually a long-term arrangement, anything from, say, 10 to 30 years, where you have a private sector partner that takes on responsibility for building, financing and servicing a piece of public infrastructure. As you just mentioned, we find PPPs in schools, hospitals, roads, railways, airports, waste treatment facilities, uh, and the list goes on. The private partner usually makes the upfront investment in the infrastructure and gets paid back gradually over time either by the public sector client, in the case of a school or a hospital, or directly by the people that use the infrastructure, for example, rail passengers or drivers on a toll road. And the private sector's payments are usually conditional on the infrastructure being available in good condition and being properly serviced over the long term. Okay, I think I understand, thanks. So what does the coronavirus mean for public-private partnerships and all of these public services? Does this change everything? Well, the short answer to this is yes. The coronavirus is, right now, having a significant impact on PPPs. And in many cases, things have changed in some way or another, at least in the short term. If you think about PPPs that are under construction, well, construction activity across Europe has slowed down or stopped completely across Europe. And that's going to cause many delays. In the short term, the issues to be worked through will be who takes responsibility for those delays and costs. The private sector will be wanting to know if it's going to be penalised for being late and if the public sector is going to help shoulder any of the financial burden. And ultimately, these delays, of course, carry a social cost of not seeing the infrastructure and the service improvements come through as early as planned. On projects that are built and up and running, well, on one end of the spectrum, you have hospitals where there's a sharp increase in use. In some cases, they might be needing to reconfigure, reconfigure their layouts as a matter of urgency and change the way that spaces are being used. For example, turning regular wards into intensive care units. And that uh, increased intensity of use will also be putting pressure on the private partners needing to keep up with routine tasks like maintenance and cleaning 
in a context where they themselves might be faced with staff shortages and supply shortages. On the other end of the spectrum, you have schools where there's been a complete shutdown or almost complete shutdown for several weeks now. And so there's been absolutely no need or demand for the buildings or for the services to keep them open. In all those cases, the questions will be around how flexible are the PPP arrangements to adapt to the change in circumstances? And particularly from the perspective of the private partner and its lenders, will it keep being paid where the coronavirus situation is preventing it from delivering the services, either because it can't get staff or supplies or because its services are simply not required? There are also other obvious examples in the transport sector where you have roads, ports, railways, airports, often operated by the private sector who make their money from passengers. And many of them have seen their revenues plummet over the past few weeks. How are they going to manage their way through this? And what is government's role to play? And it's not just the PPPs that are in construction or up and running. We're also seeing problems for PPPs that haven't yet reached that stage, but are still in a competitive tendering phase. The practicalities of putting together a tender and negotiating the terms of a PPP contract are complex at the very best of term, times, but even more so in the current environment. We're hearing examples of projects that are managing to carry on, valiantly going ahead with multi-party negotiation meetings as best they possibly can over video conferencing, or in some cases even resorting to written negotiations. But the majority of projects in procurement are likely to face some kind of delay or change. It's certainly true that the topic of COVID-19 and pandemics are now being put firmly on the table for discussion before anyone will be prepared to sign a deal. And the longer the restrictions continue, and as the prospect of a severe economic impact begins to sink in, we might start to see a reluctance or even an inability from private sector bidders to commit to fixed prices or to come up with the financing that's required from lenders. And so it's true to say that there, there is some nervousness and some uncertainty about the ability to close PPP deals in the near future. Wow, this sounds scary for public projects. Do you have any tips for the public and private partners in these situations? Well, yeah, you're right. This crisis will certainly be putting the partnership element of public-private partnerships well and truly to the test. I think communication between the parties is the most critical thing here. The private partner needs to be aware of and understand the demands and pressures that its public partner is under to ensure con continuity of public service delivery. And at the same time, the public partner needs to be aware of and understand the challenges that the private partner is facing in delivering on its side. At some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, all of these projects are going to need to work on returning to normal, whatever that looks like. And it's going to be in everyone's interest, of course, for the parties to emerge as unscathed as possible from all of this. And within EPEC, um, we're aware that we have a role to play here in getting together our network of public sector stakeholders, giving them opportunities to connect and share ideas and solutions for how to work constructively with their private sector partners. They want to be minimising the negative impact, not only on individual projects in the short term, but also on the PPP market more widely and in the longer term.
Okay, thanks. So what does this mean for the future of public-private partnerships? For example, will it be more difficult to do these types of deals? Well, starting with individual projects, I think that both the public and the private partners are going to be much more conscious and cautious about building flexibility into PPP contract arrangements. The coronavirus has highlighted um, in an unprecedented way the need to be agile and flexible in delivering public services. And so where the private sector is involved there, it's, it has and it's going to continue to have a key role in supporting that. Uh, at the same time, they're going to be much more conscious and cautious about ensuring that the contracts are also clear about how risks and responsibilities of pandemics or other emergency situations like this are dealt with. What's it reasonable and fair for the parties to expect from one another practically and financially in response to something like this? And then if you think of the bigger picture, it'll be interesting to see uh, the attitudes that governments take to PPPs as a result of this crisis and the economic fallout. Here, we're probably going to see a divergence much like we saw in the financial crisis back in 2008. In some cases, there will be a reining in of public spending and investment in new projects will slow down significantly. But it's important to remember that governments have significant infrastructure spending needs, not least in climate action and commitments to zero carbon. And so we also expect to see governments prioritizing infrastructure spending in some cases in order to boost economic recovery. And here the question will be whether they choose to go for private financing through PPPs or if they can, traditional government borrowing. PPPs can offer significant value for money and additional investment for government, but they are complex and they can take a long time to procure. And they also require a buoyant private sector market to ensure good competition. Um, some countries have a lot of experience and a good track record in delivering PPPs, but others much less so. And so they face the additional challenges of building skills and capacity to support good PPP arrangements. And here, uh, there's a role for EPEC and the EIB, of course. And, and government's attitude is, is only part of the picture. There's also the willingness of the private sector to continue participating in these arrangements with the risks and challenges and uncertainty that they carry, um, and the appetite and ability of banks and other lenders to continue providing long-term financing. Uh, another interesting player, of course, will be the insurance market and whether or not it responds um, and puts forward solutions to the risk of future pandemics. And taking an even bigger step back, the other thing to mention here, of course, is the impact of the crisis on infrastructure planning and preparation more generally. We've seen and we are seeing systems of working, traveling and connecting for society, government and businesses. They've been turned upside down in the last few months. And some of this might never return to what it was like before. And so that means governments will undoubtedly need to be taking a fresh look at their forecasts and assumptions around demand and use of public infrastructure as they plan for the future. Wow, your team's going to be busy in the future. The bank is organizing a big package of assistance to respond to the new coronavirus. Where do you see your team playing a role in this package? Well, as you say, uh, things are certainly not slowing down for us. Our mission in, in EPEC is to help the public sector deliver good PPPs. And we do this by sharing information, best practice and lessons learned across our European network. 
We advise governments on PPP policy issues and PPP project promoters in preparing their projects. And the coronavirus will not change that mission or the services that we offer. We'll continue to do all of these things. But indeed, as you say, the need for EPEC is likely to increase as we see the market navigating its way through this and into further PPPs in the future. That's great. Thank you, Julia. Very interesting. Julia is an expert in public-private partnerships from the European PPP Expertise Centre in the Advisory Services Department. This was Does This Change Everything from the European Investment Bank, the EU Bank. <laughs>